Life Audio. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Persis Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to touch on the topic, how to give away your faith, how to give away your faith. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 reminds us that we are to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and God assures us that he'll be with us always. And it is from that premise, as well as the directive given by Jesus himself, that his Um, followers should go and share the gospel. And that is the good news, the gospel, uh, the good news about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. And that is good news. He's defeated death. Uh, He's defeated all strongholds. Uh, He's defeated uh, all of the isms that you can think of. Uh, Jesus has defeated all. And if he can outrun death, then certainly he can take care of my problems and he can take care of your problems. And that's good news. In today's culture where uh, suicide is on the rise, uh, we need good news. Where divorce rate is uh, increasingly uh, obvious, we need some good news. Where parents are abandoning children, we need good news, and where children uh, no longer revere their parents, we need good news. Uh, where addiction rates are at all-time high, we definitely need to hear some good news. And Jesus offers uh, the recipe for success. Uh, he just doesn't give us life. He gives us abundant life. 
and this message come from heaven. It comes from God the Father. It comes from the triune nature of our God. And this recipe for success um, can't be manipulated. It can't be bought. It comes from God who provides us with knowledge and wisdom to persevere. So it's within this context of this mandate, um, looking at Matthew 28, 19 through 20, as well as Acts chapter 1, verse through 8, that we shall be his witnesses. Um, I'm paraphrasing in Jerusalem, Judea, uh, and uh, Samaria, and other parts of the world. God wants us to go. He wants us to go because we have this good news and because people are broken. Uh, Number one, God wants to get everybody saved. And even though everybody will not accept him, he wants his children to share the good news. The offer is on the table. The offer is there. Will you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior? Will you allow Jesus to come into your heart? Will you allow him to lead you? Will you allow him to be your shepherd? Will you allow him to be Lord? Because if you do, the things that you're going through will become better. God will reveal to you who he created you to be. Then in realizing who you are in God, you're able to fulfill your purpose. You're able to reach your destiny. You, you will have joy that outlast all the peripheral and external things. So in having this relationship, we are thankful and we are grateful that God chose us or he invited us to be co-laborers with him. And that's one thing about why we do the things that we do. Uh, we do the things that we do not because of customs, not because it's burdensome, not because um, it's religiosity. We do it because we love our Jesus, because we're grateful for what he did for us. And as a result of our gratefulness, we want others to have the same type of relationship that we have. We want others to know what it's like to walk with Jesus every day. We want others to know what it feels like to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. We want others to be able to discern the word of God for themselves. We want others to know that when you leave out of this reality, we transition to be in the presence of the Lord. There is a heaven waiting on us, but we don't have to die Uh, to experience heaven. Uh, We can get a piece of heaven right here on earth. We want others to know that. We want others to know that um, you don't have to be out of control. You don't have to be out of order. God, through the aid of the Holy Spirit, knows how to chastise those whom he loved. There are principles in the Bible that we can follow to become the godly men, the godly women that he created us to be. God, through the Holy Writ, has shown us who we really are. And we want others to know the benefits of knowing Jesus. That's what the gospel is all about. The gospel brings us back to where we ought to be. And so we want others to have this experience. So we have the mandate to go out. And we have the message. So today I want to talk about the methodology, which is how to give away your faith. If we agree that we have to share our faith, which we do, it's obligatory that we have to share our faith. We can't be a Christian and be an undercover Christian. 
We can't be a secret service Christian. Jesus did not save us for us to um, put our light under a bushel. He saved us to let our light shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Many of us used to sing that song. So Jesus saved us to be radiant. He saved us to be conduits so he can let his light shine through us because the light doesn't originate uh, from us. It originates from God, but he wants to shine it through us. So we serve as conduits. We serve as, as vessels. Will you allow the light of Jesus to shine through you? And if you do, you'll experience that joy that supersede all else, and that joy will motivate you to share the message with other people. So let's take a look at the first century. When Jesus came on the scene, there were different schools of thought as it relates to God. And Jesus wasn't comfortable with any of the options. Every group Jesus dealt with had issues, had limitations, Every group. And as a result, he encouraged uh, those that were on the right track, and he rejected those that were on the wrong track. And in some cases, some groups um, were doing the things that were righteous as well as doing things that were unrighteous. So Jesus would speak to that situation. So when we talk about how to give away our faith, the method that we all need to follow that Jesus uh, himself uh, implemented was to better understand your audience. We have to know who we're talking to, better understand our audience. Who are you talking to? When Jesus talked to the, uh, the woman at the well, um, he dealt with her differently than he did Zacchaeus. Uh, when, when Jesus uh, talked to the woman caught in adultery, he dealt with her differently than he did um, another person. When he dealt with uh, the man um, at the pool, he dealt with him differently than he did uh, the woman with the issue of blood. So my point is, we have to know who we're talking to. So in the first century, as an example, uh, there were different groups, and I'm talking about the religious circle, uh, those who uh, deal with God on a regular basis. Doesn't mean they know him, doesn't even, even mean necessarily that they're worshiping the authentic God, but they are those that are in the religiosity realm. And I believe as Christians, we need to make ourselves uh, obedient to the Holy Ghost so he can use us to become better witnesses. And we have to know the truth And once we know the truth, we're able to determine or assess when falsehood encounters uh, or, or presents itself within our circles. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists. 
the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. There are plenty of of religions in today's culture, Uh, plenty of options, but we need to make sure that as Christians, we continue to preach the truth. We continue to present Jesus in his authentic and biblical light. So in the first century, um, there were many different groups when Jesus came on the scene. One of those groups were the Pharisees and you all that read the Bible Uh, you're familiar with that name, the Pharisees. And that name literally means the separated ones. They desired to keep themselves pure by obeying the law, meaning that uh, they didn't want to do anything uh, that violated their interpretation of the law. And that's very important. It's their interpretation of the law. Because even when Jesus came, he challenged them on their views. He challenged them on their theology uh, in, in certain cases. Because uh, when Jesus stepped on the scene, the religious elite um, had misinterpreted many of God's words. Uh, they claimed to believe in God. They, uh, they claim to know the law, but in many cases, they had the wrong interpretation of what those words meant. So, Jesus came to clarify what God actually meant in terms of the law, in terms of the Pentateuch, in terms of uh, the theology that God wanted us to have, not these religious leaders, uh, leaders necessarily. So, for the Pharisees, uh, they, they outnumbered the Sadducees. Their group was larger than the Sadducees, so they carried influence. Uh, everyday people would listen to them and uh, their disciples um, and, uh, talk about how devoted they were to the Torah. They embraced other religious materials, which uh, was not necessarily embraced by the Sadducees because the Sadducees believed uh, in only the five books of the Bible, and we'll deal with that in a second. So they embraced also oral tradition, which the Sadducees did not. So they believed in the Torah, the Old Testament, and they also believed in the oral traditions associated with the Torah, such as the Mishnah. Uh, There were uh, many things that the religious leaders were prescribing that put them uh, at an advantage over common people. And that's what Jesus was trying to teach and preach. He was sharing things about the, uh, the, the laws, about the law of Moses, to clarify for everyone what he, uh, the Father and the Son, meant by those scriptures. And, and, and it's important. We have to know the scriptures. If, if we're going to share the gospel, we need to make sure that we're also reading and studying the Bible uh, on a daily basis. Am I saying that you need, you need to be a great theologian in order to witness? No. Um, you could be on milk and still share the gospel. You could have just joined the church and still share your faith. So we don't have to wait to share our faith. God wants to use you right where you are. He wants to use you with your unique, uh, unique abilities, with your unique history, with your unique experience, with your wisdom. He wants to use you right where you are. And you may be saying to yourself, I'm not ready to share the gospel. 
well, you don't have to be ready the way you think. You just need to be available. If the Holy Spirit moves on you to share your faith, we need to share our faith. Uh, that's the bottom line. So that's, that was the uh, a synopsis of the Pharisees. Then there were the Sadducees. They also believed uh, in the Torah, but their belief was restricted to only the five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. Uh, anything outside of that, they didn't embrace. Uh, they believed that uh, the Jews should work in cooperation with the ruling government. Uh, and not every religious uh, leader believed that. So they re- also rejected the belief in the resurrection, that when you die, uh, it's possible for you to be resurrected. They, they rejected that. So when Jesus stepped on the scene, he he had to deal with the Pharisees. He had to deal with the Sadducees. He even had to deal with the Essenes, which the Bible doesn't talk about that particular group, but we know they existed uh, because of history and because of archaeology. We know they lived during the same time. And so when Jesus came on the scene, he was able to meet these people right where they were to understand who they were in order to uh, present the gospel in the way that they could receive it. So when we share the gospel, we can't uh, just use a script thinking that that particular script is going to cover everybody. We must meet people where they are. If you're talking to a child, you have to present the gospel in the way that that child can understand it. If you're talking to a farmer, you need to talk in the way that that farmer can understand what you're talking about. If you're talking to um, an engineer, even you have to talk in a way that they in, that engineer can understand what you're talking about. If you're talking uh, to a mechanic, you have to talk in a way that that mechanic can understand what you're talking about. Jesus was good, great, and excellent about sharing the gospel and making it palatable, meaning that his uh, uh, making it intelligible rather uh, for his audience or his object to understand what he was uh, saying. This is why he used parables. Parables helped him to better unpack the divine message that he was trying to communicate. So there were the Pharisees. There were the Sadducees. There were even the Epicureans, according to uh, first century. The Epicureans, uh, which we find in the book of Acts that Paul had to deal with, they believed that pleasure was the main goal. Uh, and, and that pleasure was to be focused on friendship. Uh, their um, mental acumen and good morals. Um, those that followed in the Epicurean mode, uh, they sought pleasure of the flesh, right? So they were preoccupied with pleasing their flesh. And we all know that uh, trying to please our flesh and making that a priority is going to um, keep us from doing many of the things the Lord wants us to do because the flesh cannot be trusted. The flesh cannot be contained outside of the will of God. Uh, the flesh is insatiable. Uh, when you do something and, and you find satisfaction in it, in the flesh, it wants you to do more. The flesh never gets full. The flesh wants you to go beyond what you intended to go, where you intended to go. Uh, the flesh uh, cannot be trusted, but that's what the Epicureans sought. They sought pleasure, and if it was sex, it was more sex. If it was drinking, it was more drinking. Uh, it, whatever it was that you can name, they would attempt to do it. 
Then along with the Epicureans, uh, we find them with the Stoics. And who were the Stoics? Uh, they were the opposite of the Epicureans. Where the Epicureans uh, promoted flesh, the Stoics pro- uh, promoted reasoning, use of their mind, almost like Dr. Spock, all right? Uh, being logical all the time. Uh, they taught that the best existent was to be at one with nature. They wanted to be at one with nature. Uh, they prioritized virtue over pleasure. They prioritized virtue over pleasure. And even in that, uh, you can uh, create syllogisms. You can be logical. Uh, you can use your mind and to figure things out. Uh, you can have a level of control over your flesh. But if you don't know Jesus, you are still wanting more. You're still wanting to know your purpose. You're still uh, desiring to know why you're here. Uh, but knowing Jesus will help us to understand those things. God is not against using our mind. God is not against logic because he created logic. God is not against uh, philosophy for he created philosophy. But what God wants us to do is to allow the Holy Spirit to uh, mold and shape us and exercise our gifts for, for his glory. And that's the purpose of humanity is for us to know our creator and that creator, Jesus, the Christ. So when we talk about uh, sharing our faith, uh, we need to understand who we are talking to. We need to understand what they believe. We need to understand um, how to package our gospel so they can uh, understand us. Uh, We need to refrain from talking above people and talking underneath people. Uh, When we study, when we read our Bible, when we study our Bible, when we uh, read up on other religions, it helps us to become better witnesses. It helps us to become more refined and efficient in our approach. So you may be saying, well, we don't need to do all that. We just lean on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is who we need to lean on. However, the Holy Spirit can only pull out, uh, pull out of us what we put in us. Yes, can God supernaturally give you insight and discernment? Yes, but that is the exception. That's not the normative. The normal way that God has created us in general is for us to read, study, pray, and implement. That's how we're created. We, he created us to learn discursively. D-I-S-C-U-R-S-I-V-E-L-Y, discursively, and that means one after another. This is the same reason why when we start school, we start with kindergarten. We don't start with trigonometry. We don't start with multiplication. Before multiplication, you have to know your numbers, so we're taught arithmetic. We're, we're taught how to, uh, how to subtract. We're taught how to add things. Then we graduate to the next phase of uh, uh, ordering numbers and, and putting them in equations and things of that nature. But before you even get to equations, you have to learn multiplication. And after multiplication comes geometry and trigonometry and, and all, all of these other disciplines. So what am I saying? I'm saying as human beings, we learn discursively. So if what I'm talking about is too deep for you, then it's your responsibility to go back and ask questions and to study, read, because God wants us to get to this point where we understand theology, 
where we understand the major essentials of the faith, where we know the difference between major doctrines versus minor doctrines. God wants us to know these things. He wants us to be about our father's business. So, for example, we talked about the Pharisees. We talk about the Sadducees. We talk about the Stoics. We talked about the Epicureans. These are all different groups and different schools of thought. And, And I'm not saying that you need to be an expert in all of these religions, but you need to know something. So when you approach individuals that believe in these different doctrines, you'll be better prepared and you'll know um, how to share with them more effectively instead of wasting uh, valuable and precious time. So, for example, when we talk about uh, the 21st century, we're talking about groups such as Jehovah Witnesses, right? Jehovah Witnesses um, was founded by uh, Charles Taze Russell. Charles Taze Russell. Uh, he lived from 1852 to 1916. And the gospel that he preached is that Jesus opened the door for us to earn salvation. See, that's the key word, to earn salvation. In other words, he taught that uh, we have to to work for our salvation. This is why when you see Jehovah Witnesses, they're knocking on doors because in their doctrine, you have to work for salvation. But the correct view of salvation, to obtain salvation, is found in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through and 9, he says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. This is Paul telling us that we don't have to work for our salvation. We work because we are already saved. Let me say it again. We don't work to get salvation. However, because we are already saved, we are compelled to work. We're compelled to be involved in ministry. So, uh, the, the, this misinterpretation of Scripture has caused much suffering for those who follow this particular group. We don't have to work for our salvation. The, uh, what Jesus did on the cross was sufficient. He just wants us to accept him through faith, it's accept the gift, and because we're grateful, we go out and we minister the way that we need to. Well, we'll continue uh, this topic on our next episode We pray that you've been blessed and edified. And as always, uh, we thank you for your prayers. If you enjoyed this show, we ask that you consider becoming a monthly supporter. Remember to do for the truth what others do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. 
The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful devotional and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.